Before we begin, and if you don't know me, my name is Matt Milliner. I'm the catechist here at All Souls. And the way that our catechesis works is we crowdsource it. <laughs> and that's what makes it so fascinating. So in particular, as Jennifer is our concluding session, I'd like to thank everyone who has taught this year. There's a lot of work that goes into this. It's been extraordinary. I've learned a great deal. I appreciate it. The resources are online. We post them. So if you want to go back, if you missed a session and you wanted to hear about one of the figures that we covered, please do that. So thank you to our teachers. Let me start with that. All right. Teachers, wherever you are, we appreciate it. And next year, this is what our theme is going to be. And I mention it now because the same way that we filled the roster this year, we will fill it next year. If you want the Google Doc that enables you to sign up, matt.milliner at allsouls.com, email me. I will give that doc to you. There is no select secret group of people that we have a summit and decide who's going to teach. It is an open invitation. And those of you who have taught know that that is one of the great ways of your absorbing the lessons. So please jump on board. We give you a $25 Amazon gift card and we want you to come along and choose one of these sessions. If you don't want to teach, you don't have to. If you have this burning desire to do so, please consider yourself invited. That is very important. Please consider yourself invited to join. What is the session? Well. Jim Beitler wrote a book called Season Speech that just came out in which he wove great Christian thinkers together with the church year. Marilyn Robinson, Desmond Tutu wove it in, C.S. Lewis, with the rhythms and seasons of the church year. So we are stealing his idea. With, we didn't ask permission, we just, we're taking it. We're calling it Seasons for Souls. We are going to, you may have heard that around because we have liturgical celebrations throughout the year, but we're invading catechesis with Seasons for Souls. It's a meditation on the seasons of the church year taught by us. I, I'm very excited for the Carnival session and the Fat Tuesday. There really already is. We've had a quick volunteer for that one. Every different moment in the church year is going to be uncovered, and we're also going to weave in different figures who are assigned to different moments in the church year. So there's all kinds of possibilities. Great Christian saints and personalities woven in with the church year. That's what we're doing. One last announcement. There have been several requests to have one or two, maybe more, sessions of catechesis where we actually have more of a chance to talk to each other because we're rushing in and out and then we have these intense sessions. A lot of people have said, could we have some breathing room? And so inspired by Mark Clemens' teaching on Aylred, who was a saint known for spiritual friendship, you may remember that term, we decided to give a shot with something called Aylred's Hour, which is going to help us to cultivate those friendships. This is how it's going to work. We'll start with the collect for Aylred that talks about cultivating friendships. Then we'll have a little bit of content and then we will, with name tags and coffee, release one another for those conversations and more, some breathing room in our congregational life. Aerods hour. It could totally flop. But <laughs> we'll know next week because that's the first time we'll give it a try. So at this time, on May 12th, one week from today, when parents are visiting, when all kinds of things are happening, 
for college students. Come anyway, if you're not a baccalaureate, join us, and I'm going to start unfurling the topic for next year a little bit more. We'll talk about some summer feast days to come, and we'll start with that prayer, and then we will have an open social time guided by the topic that we introduce. We'll see if it works. If we love it, we'll assign a bunch of those next year to stagger the year with those times of friendship, almost like a house group within these walls during the catechesis hour. It won't override catechesis. It'll just, in some senses, season it as we go into this season for souls catechesis. And now I hand it over to the last of the great litany of saints, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. All right. I would add that um, next week on May 12th, we know we have graduates. I actually have a graduate myself next week. Um, and I know that families are making decisions regarding what you're doing on Sunday morning. Are you going to baccalaureate? Are you going to make your way to All Souls? I might point out to you that you could go to baccalaureate. And with our 10 o'clock hour being a little looser next week, you could stop by here, get some coffee, and come to the 11 if you choose. Uh, we know that families are in town, and that gets complicated. So, of course, no obligation, but um, but the timing could could work for that. Um, I would never encourage anyone to come late to catechesis, for goodness sake. But next week would be the week to do it. <laughs> um, so, as evidence that we let anybody teach around here, I'm going to close things out. <laughs> and um, we have a few plans this morning. Um, but we are going to begin um, by reciting um, the Litany of the Saints together the, in its entirety. Uh, we did it at the, at the beginning. Oh, isn't this interesting? It, this did not hit me. I think that my dad opened things up at the beginning. Is that right, Dad? Yeah, Abraham. I, I, so we're, clo we're opening and closing with Kuhlman's. It's a good thing that it didn't hit me until right this moment. But uh, we did the entire Litany of the Saints um, back in August. We're doing it again today. Um, we have a plan for this. Let me explain how this is going to go. There are uh, three people among you. I don't even know who they are because Amanda found them for us. And each of them are going to say um, each of the stanzas. Let's call these each stanzas. Um, and then together we will say thanks be to God. Uh, but one special request. If you are the person who taught about that stanza, either the people who are listed or sometimes with each of these, we veered a little bit and we didn't go with the names. We went with the, uh, the topic, all who journey into the unknown trusting God's promises, for example. If you were the person that taught on that, would you please stand and stay standing till the end? There are many among us that um, were part of teaching us this year, and I, I want the opportunity to, to, um, to honor you and thank you, but even more so for us to remember when we heard from you, because part of doing this together is, is a prayer. The Litany of the Saints is a prayer. It's a prayer of thanksgiving. So um, I think that's all the instructions we need. Let's proceed, and then then we have another plan after that. Um, so the litany of the saints, and I don't I don't know who's talking. So let's begin. For Abraham and Sarah, our ancestors in faith, and all who journey into the unknown, trusting God's promises. For Jacob, deceitful younger brother, yet chosen by God, the father of all who are called by virtue not of their own. For Moses, the lawgiver, and Aaron the priest and all who lead God's people to freedom and newness of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. For Esther and Deborah, 
saviors of their nation, and for all who dare to act courageously at God's call. For Hannah and Ruth, and all who through love and devotion witness to the faithfulness of God. For Isaiah, John the Baptist, and all the prophets, and all who speak the truth without counting the cost. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. For Mary the Virgin, the mother of our Lord and God, and all who obey God's call without question. For Andrew and John and the first disciples, and for all who forsake everything to follow Jesus. For Mary Magdalene, Salome, and Mary, first witnesses of the resurrection, and for all who bear witness to Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For Peter and Paul and the apostles who preach the gospel to Jew and Gentile, and for all who take the good news to the ends of the earth. For Barnabas, Silas, and Timothy, and for all who bring encouragement and steadfastness. For the writers of the Gospels, and for all who bring the faith of Christ alive for each generation. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For Ambrose, Augustine, Gregory, and Jerome, and for all who contend for the truth of the Gospel. For Basil, Gregory of Nazianzus, Athanasius, and all who enable us to reflect on the mystery of Christ. For Cyprian, Antony, and Ephraim, and for all who lead the church into new paths of discipleship. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For Stephen, Alvin, Agnes, Lucy, and the whole army of martyrs, and all who have faced death for love of Christ. For Augustine of Canterbury, and Aidan, for Boniface and Patrick, and for all who have carry the gospel to this and other lands. For Aylred, Bernard, and Cuthbert, and for all who live and teach the love of Christ. <laughs> Thanks be to God. For Anselm and Richard Hooker, and for all who reveal to us the depths of God's wisdom. For Benedict and Francis, Hilda and Bede, and for all who deepen our common life in Christ. For Julian of Norwich, Bridget of Sweden, and Teresa of somewhere. Have a lot. <laughs> and for all who renew our vision of the mystery of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For Thomas Cranmer and all who reform the Church of God. For Thomas More and all who hold firm to its continuing faith. For Gregory and Dunstan, George Herbert and John Keeble, and for all who praise God in poetry and song. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. For Lancelot Andrews, John Leslie, and Charles Simeon, and for all who preach the word of God. For William Wilberforce and Josephine Butler, and for all who work to transform the world. For Monica and for Mary Sumner, and for all who nurture faith in home and family. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For the martyrs and peacemakers of our own time, who shine as lights in the darkness. For all the unsung heroes and heroines of our faith, whose names are known to God alone. For all those in our own lives who have revealed to us the love of God and shown to us the way of holiness. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Today we're going to focus on that last line. For all those in our own lives who have revealed to us the love of God and shown to us the way of holiness. Thanks be to God. As I was thinking about what we would... Um, do today, 
I've been thinking about it since August because we we knew that this was going to be the moment where um, where we wrapped this all up. And so I've as I've listened to each of you teach, I've been thinking about what would I do with this all those in our own lives line. And and then um, things came together for me last week when Lucia was baptized, and I was reminded of our baptism liturgy. Um, my children were baptized with the Book of Common Prayer litur um, liturgy, and one of my favorite things is the the prayer um, right after, immediately after communion in in each of the liturgies, the Book of Common Prayer and uh, Common Worship. So let's look at that together just for a moment. This is from the Book of Common Prayer. It starts with, sustain them, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give them an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. And then from common worship, as we heard last week when Lucia Elizabeth was baptized, may God, who has received you by baptism into his church, pour upon you the riches of his grace, that within the company of Christ's pilgrim people, you may daily be renewed by his anointing spirit and come to the inheritance of the saints in glory. So if we pull that back into the last line in the litany and we, and we integrate this together, let's thank God for all of those in our own lives who have revealed to us the love of God, who have shown us the way of holiness, who have encouraged in us an inquiring and discerning heart, who have encouraged us to will and to persevere, who have shared with us a spirit to know and to love God, who have inspired in us a joy and wonder in all God's works, those who have poured upon us the riches of God's grace, those who for us have embodied the presence of Christ's pilgrim people, those who have helped us to be renewed by God's anointing spirit, and those who have brought us to the inheritance of the saints in glory. These are my parents, Ed and Janice, and this is my daughter Haley in the middle, and um, it tells me a lot about them that I had a really hard time finding a picture that didn't have other people in it. So this is a lovely picture of Haley um, with my parents, and this was the week that the smokehouse closed, so this is a picture in front of the smokehouse. We were very sad. We went several times the week that the, um, that the smokehouse on Main Street closed. Uh, so I'd like to tell you, I'd like to kick us off this morning by telling you a little bit um, 
about um, my parents' influence on my life. And I could spend the entire session talking about them. But what I'm going to do is just focus on two things to get you percolating. And then what we're going to do is open this up for you to share about people in your own lives. So first of all, um, when my father prays at a meal or at another time, sometimes he would pray as we were leaving on a journey, um, he always says, I, I, I truly don't recall a prayer in my 51 years where he doesn't say um, thank you to God for providing for all of our needs, all of our needs, and so many of our wants. My father has taught me that God provides. And my mother, among many things, has taught me to love my neighbor. And she did this by um, welcoming people to our table. There, um, there literally was always room at the Coleman table, always. Uh, there might be, uh, my father was a professor, there might be students that joined us for dinner, or um, we, we had a friend who was, um, the grocery store bagger, if any of you are East Coast people, she was a bagger at the, um, at the Acme where we, uh, where we shopped. <laughs> and, uh, and she joined us for Thanksgiving dinner for many, many years and, and remains a dear friend of my mother's. And uh, my life was full of um, there being extra kids after school who needed caring while their moms were um, finishing up college. and. Um, so many ways that, that my mom taught me how to love my neighbor, whether that neighbor was next door or on the other side of the world, and, and I'm very grateful for that. So here I have gathered all of the things from the litany uh, and from the two um, baptism liturgies. So I want you to look at these, and I think this is, yeah, this is the last screen. Um, the rest of our time together, we're going to open this up for sharing. And if you would, um, perhaps if you have a name, so let's recognize that there are people in our lives where they have impacted us, but we don't actually have a name for them. But uh, if you have a name, at least give us a first name. Um, if it's a relation of yours, you can, you can explain who that is. And, um, if you would, connect it to one of these to help us flesh this out a little bit more. Um, actually, I'm going to mention one more only because it's been on my mind as I've, doing, uh, as I've been preparing for this. Uh, the one inspired in us a joy and wonder in all God's works. Um, there's a man named Joe Sheldon who um, was a professor with my father and was a, a close neighbor, a, a, an actual neighbor of mine um, as I was growing up. And uh, if I recall correctly, um, was he an entomologist botanist both entomologist yes. yes entomologist knew a lot about plants also and um, helped us get a community garden started and there are so many things that I know about flowers and trees that are because Joe Sheldon taught me and he was just the dad of some neighbor kids and so even when I see snapdragons and I know how they can snap it's because Joe Sheldon taught me how wonderful God's creation is um, so I'm going to be comfortable with silence here and just open this up and say, oh, wonderful, Elaine, no silence needed. So 
Jennifer. <laughs> this was not set up. <laughs> Thanks be to God. <laughs> yes, John. I'm really upset with Elaine. <laughs> um, I have to stand up. Yeah. I have to stand up. Well, just so we can hear you. Okay, yeah. So I wrote down uh, embodied the presence of Christ, and I feel like Jennifer does that every day. <laughs> and she is present for anyone who is with her at that moment. And sometimes that frustrated me because that meant she was late to something always, else. Always, always. But if I needed her, she was there for as long as I needed her. And some one time someone said to me, the, the mark of a true friend is someone who would come to your house at any moment and help you take away a dead body. And I would, Jennifer is always high as Thank you. Thank you. Matt. I've got, and I'm, I'm honestly not going to do a therapy. <laughs> Please. Want to, I mean, I've seen a little bit of this. If you want to get a sense of how much work Jennifer does behind the scenes, just imagine what you think it is and multiply it by <laughs> 10 and you're good to go. It's a lot. And it's extraordinary. So we thank you. Thanks, Matt. Jeremiah is a African-American man in a Pentecostal church who, when I became a Christian in a youth group, um, I went to this Pentecostal place because you had to receive the Spirit. <laughs> and I went there, and he just kind of explained to me what baptism in the Holy Spirit is. He said, this is all about speaking in tongues. He, and he said, well, we need to pray together. I mean, he came back to my house, and we hung out, and um, he discipled me in that way, and it was just a completely different angle um, from the Methodist youth group that I um, con was converted within. And I don't think that that has gone away. I think that that, in order for the charismatic Pentecostal or Bible to continue, it had to find itself within structures like this church with tradition in order to sustain that kind of longevity. And otherwise, the charismatic Pentecostal movement kind of went into a wildfire and burnt out, but I think it finds life here. So I'm going to put um, this incredible man, Jeremiah, under, helped us be renewed by God's anointing spirit. It is a part of our congregation, that Pentecostal charismatic background, and I think it's present here. I know it's present here. And so I thank you. Thank Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Denise. When I was a teenager, my grandmother, who had been a widow for maybe 20 years by then, uh, remarried someone who was, uh, I think my parents had known him a little bit from 
she died, they can discuss who this next wife would be. <laughs> and my grandmother was at the top of the list. Um, his name was George, we always called him Grandpa George, and he was a character in every sense of the word. Um, but in the, um, he shared with us the spirit to know and to love God. And I just have two examples of his heart. Um, he loved to go to nursing homes and sing for people. He was not himself necessarily a great musician, but he loved to sing. And he decided to learn to play the harp when he was in his late 70s. Uh, and some people in their late 70s start to fall asleep. So he would be playing the harp himself and not off. years ago, but 
I think he really revealed to me the love of God. He had this incredible capacity to love everybody. Every Christmas, every Easter, every Thanksgiving, he would gather his entire huge family, all four of his daughters, their husbands and their children, all together in his house and cook enormous meals. And he wrote hymns for us, he wrote hymns in general. He was musical, he worked in the church. And I think there's a whole lot that people didn't really notice about him. He was a very quiet man, he didn't like try to become anything big. But everything he did, from tending his garden to throwing Christmas parties, was all to show us the deepest possible love. And I really think that reflects the love of God. And I truly believe that he is in heaven now basking in the true love of God. And Thanks, Janet. I caught a glimpse of that at his funeral a few years back, but I appreciate you mentioning him. Tom. Hi. Um, so, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tom. Uh, last, last semester and the summer before that, I was in Cambodia, uh, interning with an organization there. And when I, when I first moved, I moved out to a tiny, tiny couple tiny town called Chopinka, which is on no maps. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and for my first little while there, I didn't have any connection to a church. And I felt very, very alone. I, I to this day, do not really speak Khmer, which is the language there. So I would just sort of wander about, and people would talk to me, and then somebody would turn to them and say, eh, he, doesn't, he doesn't speak. Um, <laughs> After about a month, I moved out to a, I moved out to a, moved out of where I was to be hosted in the church of the town, and uh, I was hosted by a man by the name of Samrut and his family. And Samrut would often, Samrut had prayer every night. Uh, and my first night, I didn't know about this, but he just said, uh, "You can come at 8:30. We will worship." I said, "Great." So I show up at 8:30. Bibles are out, and I say, Samrat, I, I can't read. So, that's fine. Uh, you have your Bible. And so we would go in a circle, and we would just read. And I would read my verse in English, and they would read their verses in Khmer. None of us understood what the other was saying. It's fine. Uh, we would sing hymns together. Sometimes they were familiar enough that I would be able to sing the English words. But uh, we, after four months, we still never really understood each other. And yet, he was always willing to just say, that's fine, just join us, pray, worship. And I think that was, in some sense, embodying the presence of Christ's pilgrim people by inviting me in. Even when I had literally nothing to offer, I couldn't even talk very, very well to them. Like, I, I have my sentence or two, and he taught English, so he had a couple sentences. Um, but. There was very little communication, and yet he, he was consistently just willing to accept whatever whatever I was able to do. Thanks, Tom. Hey, Joy. Uh, I had a friend. Her name was Meryl. She died this past year, and um, 
she's incredible in about a thousand different ways. But what I would like to share with you, or is she was a woman who, when I was in a very spiritually dark and confused place, and things were not right, things down was up, up was down, you know, everything wasn't really making sense, and my life was not the way I thought it was going to be. And uh, she invited me over for her house for Christmas, anyway. And she sat me down with a plate of cookies, and while people are just kind of playing and walking around, she sat with me, and she said, you know, honey, I think God has something for you. And I think it's going to be that you're going to serve the church. And I said, that's really interesting, Marilyn. Thanks for that. <laughs> So I've been reflecting a lot on uh, church lately, uh, and this church in particular. Uh, as we navigate tricky waters, uh, I find that that tension and threat really uh, brings out to me how much I love and care for the church. When something is a little threatened, you feel that, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's made me really reflect on the absolute crucial nature of church as a spiritual home hmm. for me as a grown-up when I was a kid I don't really think my spiritual home was the church I think it was my home hmm. my parents I can honor that like probably most of us could but as I'm a grown-up now I'm the parent I'm supposed to be the, the grown-up in the room and I've never felt uh, at home in the church like I felt in this one and it just blesses me every week so I'm just calling you all out <laughs> on the whole list. Yeah. I, I want to single out Martin, though, because I don't want to hate it. <laughs> so uh, Martin, really, uh, I'm so blessed by him. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Priscilla. I'm shaking. So anyway, um, mine is about a stranger. Hmm. And if you know the stranger, please don't tell me. <laughs> because I was walking down Front Street in Wheaton. I was really down, and I don't know what I was down for. And this man, casually but nicely dressed African American man, was walking toward me. I looked at him, he looked at me, and we hugged each other. <laughs> and uh, I said, I don't know what I said, but I said, my name's Priscilla, and he said, his name was Heather. And we, I think he said something about God loves you or something. And we passed and went on our way. Well, that means raising me up. And so if any of you know him, please don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was an angel. <laughs> Thank you, Priscilla. 
she was just very vibrant and loving and full of the spirit. And she would take people down to the roughest part of downtown Philadelphia and serve the homeless. And so she, of course, dragged me along completely out of my comfort zone um, to show me how to love people in completely like desperate situations. And I just thought it was interesting, like, while being in seminary classes and learning about God from a distance of like she took me straight to the heart of it and showed me who God was personally like in loving people. And so I always thought that was really interesting. I learned more about who God was in those like one weekend endeavors versus all my classes throughout the week. And I just really appreciate it for sharing with me a spirit to know Thanks, David. Sadie. Hi. I want to talk about my mom, too. Good. I don't cry. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I see my mom lose so many things all the time, huge, big, important things. And she always loves God, no matter what, even when she doesn't believe in it. And the story of the years of what makes me cry is, I remember I had rather die when I was seven. And um, he was three years old, and he died at church. And my mom didn't really want to have a child after that. Um, and after that, she did have four kids. Um, and she became pregnant, and it was a little of a surprise. It was not planned. And she took us to the ultrasound, me and my younger two siblings. And they couldn't find the baby's heartbeat. And she was, like, you know, kind of just traumatized anyway, because she just lost a child. It was SIDS, just died, you know, for no reason. And the doctors like left to go and they were gonna um, I know do some other procedure to see if they could find. And all she did and she just sobbing in this room and just praying and saying, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Sorry. And she does this constantly. Through the last ten years that we've had problems with money, people at the hospital, all these kinds of things. And even when it doesn't seem like it makes sense, she always tells us like God provides for you, God loves you. You don't have to like it when he does to you, but he will always be for you. <laughs> I'm always like, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, so anyway, I love her. Thanks, Sadie. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. I'll also share about my mom. Um, I think when I think about a will to persevere, um, my mother and I watched a similar journey similar ages um, of losing, losing our husbands. And when that was happening for me, um, my mother taught me to knit. Mm. And there was something about that, that when she did that, she brought me into her home, put two knitting needles in my hand, gave me yarn. And she didn't say, she didn't preach a sermon, Although we didn't do those things, she gave me something to do and to make. And through through that, that was very healing. And I think that that has been a thing for her as well, that being creative and sharing that, that will to persevere, and that with that, that's the spirit to know about God and the wonder in God's works that we don't always understand. Um, yeah, so I want to honor my mother for that. She's the most Thanks, Anna. 
I think we have time for maybe one more. Is there someone that's been thinking they might raise their hand? <laughs> So in the litany, um, the refrain is, thanks be to God. It is repeated over and over. Let's end our time together this year by saying the refrain together. Thanks be to God. Thank you.